The United States is considered one of the most powerful nations, and the election was watched with interest from all over the world. Obama retained his position as president for another term. American democracy is held up as a model to be aspired to, and America, the land of the free, the nation where dreams can be realized. Today, America is a very divided nation. There are those that treasure the freedom that America has offered, the lack of overregulation and interference by government. On the other hand, there are those that support a move toward a more involved government, a more socialist country. These are willing to give up some freedom in order to have the government look after them and regulate society. The latter would be generally the class that voted for Obama. This voter class seems to be skewed toward the younger generation. This could coincide with America's move away from God. As the nation has become more secular and has drifted away from family values and in God we trust, a government who will take care of you and where you can place your trust replaces trust in God. The divisions in the United States are sharp. People will not give up their freedoms very easily. If the economy takes another dive, things could get ugly. Not only is America on a slide away from God, putting her trust in princes like Obama instead, it is clear that the once great nation is also on a slide of power and influence in the world at large. This is somewhat expected when we look at prophecies such as Ezekiel 38 and Daniel 11. Gog, or the king of the north, invades the Middle East, overflowing many countries with only a tepid, have you come to take a spoil, from the seafaring merchant nations. We can expect the unchallenged dominance of the United States in the world to continue to ebb, and instead Europe and Russia will continue on their path towards becoming a great world power, which will result in them overflowing the Middle East and taking possession of the mountains of Israel. It is no secret that Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had hoped that Romney would win, and at home he is now taking criticism for backing a losing horse. Obama certainly hasn't been a big supporter or friend of Israel, and it does seem like a disaster for Israel that he has been elected again. However, we know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will, and setteth up over it the basest of men. Daniel 4 verse 17. The big issues for Israel are the prospect of a nuclear-armed Iran and the creation of an Arab-Palestinian state. The re-election of Obama could be more of a setback to the creation of a Palestinian Arab state upon the mountains of Israel than the alternative. In fact, the current political climate in Israel and her neighbors is not conducive to this two-state solution plan. The cornerstone of peace in the region was Israel's peace treaty with Egypt, which is now up in the air. Syria is in a state of civil war, and every other Arab nation in the area is somewhat unstable. In regards to the Iran issue, the re-election of Obama sends a clear message to Israelis that if they want any substantial action to seriously curb Iran's nuclear ambitions, they'll probably have to go it alone. Having, to, having no one to trust in can also bring us closer to God. Meanwhile, the settlement building on the mountains of Israel continues. Israel received the regular criticism from the EU foreign policy chief, Catherine Ashton, who deeply regrets new settlement building. The case in point is 1,213 new homes being built in the Jewish suburbs of East Jerusalem. Ashton claims the move threatens two-state solution. 
Seeing there is already a Jewish state, she means that the continued building threatens the creation of a Palestinian state. This from Ynet News. At the end of the day, while the President of the United States is a, a, a very powerful position, it often ends up being events that determine the course of action rather than the desires of the President. For example, the failed Iranian attack on the U.S. drone this week or a more substantial Iranian attack, could force Obama into a war or course that he has no plans or desire to pursue. George Friedman from Stratfor commented on the limitations of the power of the president on July 31st this year under the heading The Election, the Presidency, and Foreign Policy. The world shapes U.S. foreign policy. The more active the world, the fewer choices presidents have and the smaller those choices are. Obama has sought to create a space where the United States can disengage from active balancing. Doing so falls within his constitutional powers, and thus far has been politically possible too. But whether the international system would allow him to continue along this path, should he be re-elected, is open to question. Jimmy Carter had a similar vision. But the Iranian Revolution and the Soviet invasion of, of Afghanistan wrecked it. George W. Bush saw his opposition to nation-building wrecked by 9-11 and had his presidency crushed under the weight of the main thing he wanted to avoid. Again this week, Friedman made the same point at Stratfor. The gridlock sets the stage for a shift in foreign policy that has been underway since the U.S.-led intervention in Libya in 2011. I have argued that the presidents do not make strategies, but that those strategies are imposed on them by reality. Nevertheless, it is always helpful when the subjective wishes of a president and necessity coincide, even if the intent is not the same. End quote. The realities in the Middle East, Israel, Iran, Europe, and Russia will force Obama to take a particular course of action. This course is determined by the Almighty, who rules in the kingdoms of men. When writing about the future role of Britain in regards to the return of the Jews to the land of Israel in 1850, John Thomas wrote the following, But to what part of the world shall we look for a power whose interests will make it willing as it is able to plant the ensign of civilization upon the mountains of Israel. The reader will doubtless anticipate my reply from what has gone before. I know not whether the men who at present contrive the foreign policy of Britain entertain the idea of assuming the sovereignty of the Holy Land and of promoting its colonization by the Jews. Their present intentions, however, are of no importance one way or the other, because they will be compelled by events soon to happen to do what, under existing circumstances, heaven and earth combined could not move them to attempt. The present decisions of statesmen are destitute of stability. The finger of God has indicated a course to be pursued by Britain, which cannot be evaded, and which her counsellors will not only be willing, but eager to adopt when the crisis comes upon them. So Britain was compelled by events to fulfill the purpose of God, and so it will be, whatever president or prime minister is elected. Obama seems to be the kind of character who is more likely to utilize appeasement in foreign policy, or when Gog invades the Middle East, utter the words, Art thou come to take a spoil? Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey? 
to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Thanks for listening. This has been David Billington with you, watching the fulfillment of Bible prophecy and the return of Christ to the earth. Come back next week to www.bibleinthenews.com.